Okay, welcome to the first of our Newark Academy podcasts, and I'm joined today by James. James is um, um, an NQT in the English department, so welcome, James. Hi, Ned. Morning. Morning. And today we're just going to talk about um, reading images, um, developing inference skills, and um, how storytelling can impact on um, learning and be a really powerful tool for the students. We're going to start off by having a look at a painting um, by a Baroque painter, Rubens. It was painted in 1609 and it portrays um, the story of Samson and Delilah. It's the point where um, Samson is having his hair cut, therefore losing his um, strength. Um, it's a tale of love, passion and betrayal. And there's lots of things within the painting that allow us to read into it and it's um it's almost like a story within a painting um so the first thing that probably we'll look at is the first things that stand out to us um where the painter has put most of the light areas as well so that's where the eye is drawn to so um james which bits stand out for you the most on this painting so i think definitely you've got your main subjects of samson and delilah and the artist has kind of highlighted them in the foreground of the painting by using that light because you've got lots of sort of murky brown colors and shadows in the background but then you've got this kind of like golden sort of sunlight falling onto Samson and Delilah that really sort of highlights them as the main subjects of the of the painting and we can see that they're quite different as well aren't they because Samson's like really really muscly and he's got a suntan where Delilah's very pale so if we were talking to our students about that, what you know, what would imply, what would that information give us about those two characters? So if you think about the time period when this painting was produced, uh, the inference of having a suntan would mean that actually you were a labourer and you were kind of impoverished and quite poor because you had to spend a lot of time working outside. Whereas because she is pale, that kind of signifies her privilege position suggests wealth suggests money suggests power which is really interesting to see that actually this female figure has so much power over this male figure who you might usually associate as being the stronger one because he's quite muscular isn't he which also tells us that he's probably does a laborious job um because of his muscles as well and she actually isn't she isn't massively skinny either is she so that also tells us that she's you know She's got access to food and quite luxurious food as well because she's actually she's quite she's quite plump and in them days to be that body shape was quite desirable anyway, um you know that was a nice body shape to be and it was seen very different as today it was seen as a very sort of desirable sexy attractive body shape to have you know what's interesting to me James is the colours that they've used as well because in 1609 some of these colours would be like massively expensive as regarding pigment but she's wearing red and red gives us inference skills as well um so the red is telling us isn't it passion mm -hmm. desire so if we were sort of getting the students to think about red and red as a colour and what red can convey in in art, we would talk about sort of the the red being a luxurious color as well because just because of the cost of the pigment as well. So, but in English, would you talk about anything different as regarding the color of the dress? Definitely, because you've got that famous novel, The Scarlet Letter, which is about someone who's very famously an adulteress and she's ostracized and marginalized from her community, and she has to wear this big A that's in red 
and the whole idea of red is that it connotes sex and lust and she's kind of demonized and outcast for being this figure who's associated with those things uh, and it's really interesting for them to look below the surface of that color and the implications that it actually has for a reader or like a viewer of a painting as well and I think the beautiful thing is that can so a lot of those words that you've used are really good descriptive words as well so we're actually getting the students aren't we to think very much about how they can describe characters colors mm. the actual feel of the painting as well so you develop in that use of descriptive language which you can then link to your storytelling and your creative writing which is like a really powerful tool in itself if we look deeper into the painting as well, we can see at the back of the painting there's a small statue in like a niche at the back and that gives us a lot of information because that statue is Venus and the little child that she's holding is um, Cupid. <clears throat> and what's happening here is that she's actually covering his mouth, she's bounding his mouth and that can give us, um, that actually represents Samson's fate but it also tells us that with Cupid being associated with love and the fact that he's powerless to support. And therefore that is um, the death of the love between Samson and Delilah. But interestingly, it's um, that woman and man, woman and man, you've got two female male characters within there. Yeah, it's kind of, I think it's interesting because you've kind of mirrored <clears throat> in the background the subjects of the painting and what these sort of, godly characters are doing is the same as the human characters and it's kind of highlighting this issue where you've got the sort of female silence in the male because obviously Venus is covering Cupid's mouth to stop him from talking and that's kind of stopping his power and what Delilah is doing to Samson is absolutely just eradicating all the power that he's got so it's kind of mirroring using these godlike images. So that's like a really deep analysis of that painting as well. And to get the kids to actually look that deep into that painting or to an image is like a really powerful tool because they're actually thinking about those contrasts and those comparisons of different symbolism, if you like, within the painting. And it's the same with the old lady. Now, the old lady doesn't feature in the actual biblical story of Samson and Delilah. But what we think is that the painter has put her there as a sort of... Um, well, the, there could be two reasons. And the first reason we're thinking is that she actually mirrors Delilah's future. Mm. And the second reason is the fact that, yes, Delilah's really, really beautiful. And she's used that beauty to sort of take um, Samson into a home and to build that trust through, if you like, love and lust. And then she's betrayed him. So actually, she is a beautiful externally. But inside, she's actually not a nice lady, she's quite evil. And that is um, portrayed by typically sort of an, an older, uglier hag, if you like, for, <laughs> for the want of a better word. <laughs> so that whole image is telling us a really, really complicated story. Mm. And I think um, in art, we would take influence from very many different factors and we could do storytelling through painting we might do um how the artist has used light how the artist has positioned the figures for the composition so we've got the soldiers very much in the background very dark but they are actually the the soldiers waiting to come in capture samson and cut out his eyes 
Um, so we could do that, but we could also look at technique as well. Mm. But for English, how would you use that image to develop the kids further? So you might use it in perhaps one of two ways. One way you could use it is kind of as context. So if you were actually studying, say, poetry from the 1600s, I think it's really important to tie in what was going on in music, what was going on in art, what was going on in sort of different fields at the time. And this kind of, it gives you that idea of biblical influences still being really important in society and issues with sort of patriarchy and gender and power that is really important for the students to unpick before they approach sort of texts of that period. Um, you could also use it for storytelling as well in lots of different ways um, because actually there's been research proven that um, kids' brains privilege stories. So if you taught them the story of this painting and the background and all the biblical allusions and what's going on there with the mirroring, they're more likely to retain it and sort of remember it, to be able to articulate and talk about it. They could imagine that they were one of the characters in the painting, for instance, and sort of write a bit of a dialogue about what's going on inside their head. So you could definitely use this to spark stories. And I think that's really important because when they're doing GCSE English, when they get to their story writing, on their exam paper, it's always a picture that has to inspire what they're writing. So it gives them those skills for sort of later on in their learning. And this could be used really cross-curricular as well, because you could have maybe a painting of, I don't know, some people who survived a volcano eruption that you could use in geography. So there's lots of ways that it could go to bring in that power of storytelling. And we could use it in, say, like I'm thinking, say, maybe science, we could use the image or the painting or the photograph, and that could all like be the answer, couldn't it? And the students could discuss how did we get to that point. So they're sort of rolling backwards as well. And that brings in discussion and debate as well. And often with a painting, it's subjective. With a photograph, it might be a little bit more factual. Mm. Um, but it can they can think about how did we get to that final point so again thinking about cause and effect but also in other subjects that's thinking about that is storytelling isn't it because you're imagining what happened to get to that point mm. so you could use it to start discussion and start debate and and you could use your questioning to get the kids to dig a little bit deeper or you could use these images as a final sort of at what point happened before this yeah or a midpoint so maybe what happened after so using this um painting or image as a point in your story i want you to think about the beginning and the end as mm. well and then that painting will stick won't it because it is all based around what we're seeing i think that would be really nice in english like you say you could use it as this is the end point so what happens to build up to that you could almost use it in drama you could have a painting or a photograph that is effectively you freeze frame, but what events have led us to this point or what's going to happen afterwards? And I think having that storytelling, that image, just makes it more powerful. I think it makes it more interesting. And for the students, it will kind of come to life for them to access that story, to allow them to access the wider curriculum. And I love that point that you made about when we're looking at poetry, we always look at, we also look at music, we look at art and we look at history and it's that cross-curricular link as well because that, again, is putting everything into context as well. So being able to understand what was going on 
around the world and you could look at at that point in history you can look at political influences and often art is very much influenced by what is going on politically at that point it's a real reaction to what's going on within society and <clears throat> i think sort of creative writing and literature is no different that the authors have got to be influenced by what's going on in society at that time. So that's a really, I think, powerful tool to bring in um, different aspects of that sort of era, if you like. I think that's really, really important. So um, I think there's some really good points that we can work on there. Definitely, yeah. And it's sort of made me think that... Um often sort of when students are studying something like a Christmas carol you know that quite famous gin lane painting the the one where you've got the people sort of in London drinking lots of yeah. gin and they're really poor because yeah. it's cheaper than water or whatever yeah. uh, and that's kind of often used really powerfully to sort of establish what's going on there so you're right it's really important when studying anything to understand what's going on in society and kind of use these images as a gateway to almost unlock that information yeah excellent well thank you james for joining me for the very first podcast and um hopefully that's helpful for others and um it was just a nice opportunity to be able to sit and discuss um art and english and how maybe we can support the other subjects as well so thank you very much definitely thank you nade really enjoyed that thank you